thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zare, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. So I want all of you who are parents to think back to a time when you presented one of your children to be dedicated to the church. What was it that you were asking God to do when you brought your child forward? Grandparents, if it's fresh for, for you to think of your feelings at the birth of a grandchild, do that. What would you want the Lord to do for them? Likely for most, your deepest dream is that the Lord would make your children whole inside, confident that they are loved, confident that they can explore all the gifts that God put inside of them, confident that they can serve and make a difference in the world. You want them to know that God loves them, and then you want them to love God in return. When you see a child like Charlie, James, Scott, Sid, Liam, this is a test, Violet, Ava, Olivia, Denise, Casey, Madison, Kaylin, Kaylee, Kenzie, Olivia, Marshall, Alyssa, who am I missing? Reed, Seth, Rachel, Liam, or Levi, sorry, not Liam. <laughs> don't you just want the best for them? I don't mean the best toys or the best bedroom furniture or the newest PlayStation or the hottest car. I mean the best in their heart, the best gifts from God. At Christmas, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. Today, we move ahead just a short time after that and see Mary and Joseph presenting their firstborn child to God. Let me read the story for you. And as I do, I hope we can feel all the high hopes that were in their hearts as they dedicated Jesus to God and listen to what God did to support them in their desires. So it's Luke 2, 21 to 36 and 39 to 40. On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named, called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought the, in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people of Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So what do we see happening in this text? We see two young parents, Joseph and Mary, determined to give their child the proper religious upbringing. The passage says over and over again that they didn't take shortcuts they did it right. Verse 21 tells us they named him Jesus, the name the angel had given him. Verse 22 says that Mary completed a time in seclusion to, that was a requirement of the mothers in the law of Moses. Verse 23 points out that they took Jesus to the temple to fulfill the Old Testament law that firstborn sons be consecrated to the Lord. Verse 24 says that they offered God the sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. And then the verse 39 confirms it. They returned home to Nazareth when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. In these first steps of providing spiritual care for their child, there was no skimping, was there? I don't hear any discussion about what was convenient or what was too expensive or what didn't fit in the schedule this week. They didn't have their minivan to get them to down to Jerusalem, but they got there. They were committed to giving Jesus not just a good diet of food nutrition, not just a warm place to live, not just emotional love, but the best spiritual start they could. And God was there to help them. In the temple that day, they met this old man, Simeon. Luke tells us that he was righteous and devout. And it looks like they walked into the temple and this old stranger walked up to them and asked them to hold their baby. And Simeon blessed them. Just out of the blue, he seemed to understand something of what a special child Jesus was. And he confirmed to Mary and Joseph his special calling to bring salvation for the world. He understood their longings and he shared them. Can you feel what it would mean to young parents one of the saints of the temple who valued your child so much, who affirmed you in every desire for your child to be blessed. Parenting is hard these days. There are so many dangers for your kids. The church can have such an important ministry of supporting and encouraging families. I want and long that this church will continue to hold a tradition of ministry to children. I hear many stories of VBS from the past where you had a bus to pick up kids, when Sunday school classes had pool parties, when youth groups put on skits. I see it in this building with all the classrooms, gym, sanctuary, and our beautiful lawn space. I see it in the programs for children that are here, Kids Connection, Nursery, Boys and Girls Club, Junior Youth, MYF, and family events. And as we wrestle with the question of what God has called us to do that is special as a congregation, ministry to children seems like such an obvious fit for us. 
It has been said that children are the future of the church. Sure, they are the future, and that's an easy way to think of them. But to me, that implies that we can think about them later while we deal with the crises of today, right? Wrong. They are contributing members of the family of God today. If we wait to prioritize them, we will lose them. Not only will the future you hope for be vastly adjusted, you will miss out on their very important voices and views and encounters with God today. So I would argue with the statement that says kids are the future of the church and instead say they are the current church as they are here now and we need them here. Children are a vital part of the church today. We need to prioritize them now. Children were a high priority to Jesus, and I'm going to read Mark 10, verses 13 to 17. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such of these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Jesus had a huge heart for kids. He loves spontaneity. Kids say the most amazing and funny things, don't they? Honesty. Kids have no filters. Humility. Some can be seen hiding behind a parent's leg and playing shy when you know that sometimes they aren't. Openness, especially to spiritual things. And joy. I read recently that the average child laughs 400 times a day, while the average adult only laughs 15 times a day. It is easy to sometimes think that ch kids are bothersome or that they really don't matter. I cringe when I hear the saying, Children should be seen and not heard, or I've done my time, it's someone else's turn. Jesus took the time from his busy schedule to stop and minister to children, so shouldn't we? I encourage us to see ourselves as a church that loves and supports children and their families. Looking back on our text from Luke 2, what did Simeon give to Mary and Joseph and Jesus? He gave them love. The first thing we read that he did was he took Jesus in his arms. There are a lot of kids hungry for love today. My dream is that the church would be a place where any child would find a whole bunch of extra grandmas and grandpas, aunts, uncles, and cousins. That every child who walks into this building would know that there is love here and that he or she is included in God's love and that they are welcomed. I think back to one of my Sunday school teachers. I was in grade eight, and I, these teachers are the ones you heard about already back in grade three, and you couldn't wait until grade eight to have them. Their names were Mr. and Mrs. Gould. I can't put my finger on anything specific they taught us, but I remember feeling loved in their classroom because they cared for us. Simeon gave Joseph and Mary and Jesus the gift of love. Simeon gave them a gift of vision also. Simeon had immersed himself in the scripture. He was so hungry to see God's Messiah come and save Israel 
that God had promised to him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. He was just immersed in scripture. The prayer that he prayed over Jesus pulls together a number of phrases from the Old Testament, especially the prophet Isaiah. And in Jesus' case, he was confirming a totally unique identity, calling and vision. But I dream that every child who is part of this congregation would grow up with a vision for this world that is much greater than business as usual, dog eat dog, or the one who accumulates the most is the winner. I dream that every child would have a first-hand experience here from us, that God can enable people who may be very different to share their lives in Christian love, that God can enable us to really make a difference in the world as a blessing to others. Those things are caught more than taught. They are experienced by the different generations serving God together. When kids get to go on mission trips and see the needs of the world and see what a few servants of God working together can do, there is power in that. When a youth group has a conflict, but they make the commitment to sit down and talk it out and resolve it using Christian principles, such important lessons are learned. When kids can go Christmas caroling with the adults, invite the older adult to come play games at Boys and Girls Club, or help clear the table and wash dishes at a potluck, they are seeing for themselves glimpses of what God can do among us. May this church be a church where many children would grow up with a new vision for what God can do on this earth. And then one more gift that Simeon gave, the gift of understanding. Parenting, I am sure, can be really hard. There are many days when you really likely aren't sure if you are doing the right thing or not. You do the best you can, but it's years before you get to see the finished product. So you hope, and you pray, and you do your best. Most parents have times when they wonder if they are really blowing it and feel like there may be something wrong with them when parenting gets rough. Well, it got really rough for Mary. The day came when she watched her beloved son die in agony on the cross. There aren't words to describe that pain. I can picture Mary as I would picture my own mom at the cross, blaming herself. Why didn't I stop this a long time ago? Why didn't I teach him better common sense? And this old man, Simeon, warned her of the pain that would pierce her soul from being the mother of Jesus. I like to think that his words might have been a little comfort to her in the pain she experienced as the mother of Jesus, and that this was part of God's plan. Most things are a lot easier to bear when there is someone who understands and who cares like Simeon did. It can be so helpful for parents to hear from an old timer, it's all right. I understand your struggle very well. I struggled too. I dream that this church would be a place where many parents would find support in this so difficult calling of parenting. I've really enjoyed organizing family events where simply being together becomes a ministry all on its own. Watching the kids interact together and then looking over and seeing the parents, grandparents, and even aunts and uncles talking together and building community. So today we meet a young couple in Mary and Joseph determined to do everything they can to give their child a solid spiritual foundation for life. My hope and prayer 
is that the parents of the children that were dedicated today or have dedicated their children in the past will and are doing the same. And we meet this precious Saint Simeon who God sent to help them. May God grant us to work together in the same way to be a blessing to many children. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this dear man, Simeon, and the support he gave to this trembling young couple, Mary and Joseph. We pray that you would speak to members of this congregation here to make the commitment to do the same things for our children here, to give them the gifts of love and vision and understanding. We thank you for the gifts of our children. Lord, help us to be faithful, to give them the best possible start on the road to being your disciples. Amen.